Hello, everyone. My name is Krista Reyna, and I am a pastor here at Journey of Faith. I oversee pastoral care and volunteer development here at the church. And I just have a really big heart for sharing um, the love of Jesus with people and helping people just like you try to figure out what God is doing in your lives and where he is present in your lives. So I'm really excited to be here with you this morning. Um, I want to say a very special welcome. Welcome to anyone who is joining us for the very first time, either in person or online. And right now we are connecting live to the Torrance campus. So hello to everybody over there. They always clap at Torrance, which is a really fun part of the morning. Um, And so welcome to them. I also want to say a very special hello to my mom, who is watching from New York. Um, So, yeah, hello. So when I was growing up, I had like this dream that maybe one day I would grow up to win an Academy Award. And I would walk across the stage and I would look at my mom on national TV and say, hello, mom, I love you. Um, That has not happened. That's fine because I'm so happy I grew up to be a pastor. And now today I get to say hello to my mom on the internet and on YouTube, which by today's standards for me feels like a pretty big deal. So hello, mom. I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are, we've been in a series the last few weeks called um, Make Space. And the idea behind this series is that we are looking at different areas of our lives and trying to find room to, to get rid of some of the stuff that we don't need to make room for Jesus. We are in the fourth week of this series, and what we've been talking about has been inspired by a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. And these are the areas that we've talked about moving from unhealthy spirituality to healthy spirituality. We've talked about finding our true identity in God. We've talked about trying to understand our painful past and where God was in those. Talked about having honesty with God. And then last week, Pastor Jason talked with us about having healthy rhythms in our life. And today we're going to talk about one more area where we can shift to emotionally healthy spirituality. And I'm going to start by telling you a story. So in our home, um, when I have the energy and I'm not too tired, I enjoy cooking delicious meals. I love cookbooks. I love looking at the pictures and making a grocery list and going shopping and then preparing just a really delicious, really yummy meal. A couple of years ago, my youngest son, who is now 15 years old, he decided that he wanted to start making things in the kitchen. And it started like pretty simply, like he was making cheese quesadillas and brownies and pancakes, like nothing super gourmet. But then about a year ago, he came to me and he was like, I want to make a steak. He, yeah, nice. He had been watching YouTube videos about how to make the perfect steak. And I was like, okay, let's, let's go to the store. And part of me was like, am I going to end up making a steak later? But I didn't. We, we went to the store and I realized how serious of a process this was for him. He was very methodical about finding the perfect cut of steak. Had to have just the right amount of marbling and like the fat cap on top of the steak. It had to be just perfect. We get the steak home and he's got his seasonings laid out and he's patting the steak dry so that when he puts the seasonings on it, it, 
it sticks to it and it makes like a coating. Uh, um, I can't think what that's called right now. But anyway, he has a cast iron pan. He's heating it perfectly with just a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of butter to the point where when it hits the pan, it makes that sound. You know, it's so delicious. I mean, here's a video of a steak he made on Tuesday. Oh, so good. Like, as we are not a fancy family, but when he cooks these steaks, I'm like, this feels fancy, and they're so delicious. But here's the thing. I'm the one who should be making delicious things in our home. And so when he started to want to make these steaks, I reluctantly had to kind of relinquish control to him. It kind of started out with me um, hovering around the process. So if I thought that the flame was too high on the the heat, I would like go in and I would just like turn it down a little bit. Um, He's watching today. He's here somewhere. I'm so sorry I did that. I don't do that anymore. Um, That is why some of your steaks were super rare in the beginning. I never do that again. Um, And I also was like, are you sure you want to put that much garlic seasoning on that steak? You know, that kind of thing. I just wanted to control every part of the process. But the reality is he can make steaks way better than I ever can. And this is something I can celebrate. And I had to learn how to kind of like remove myself from the situation. And don't get me wrong. We all need to have wisdom and guidance when we're learning something new. But the fact is, he could make the steak way better than I can. And that was something that I could celebrate. And this kind of made me think about my relationship with Jesus. Because in my relationship with him, I tend to want to control the flame of my life. I want to control all the seasonings and the things that are happening in my life. I want to control every aspect of what's going on. But this is unhealthy spirituality when we put ourselves at the center of the universe. And so today, we're going to spend our time together and wrap up this series, and we're going to talk about how we can shift to healthy spirituality, which is having Jesus at the center of our lives. Because here's what the Christian life is all about. From the moment we say yes to Jesus, we begin a lifelong journey of allowing Jesus to transform our lives. We allow his character and his teaching um, and, and all of the wonderful things about Jesus. We allow them to transform our lives. And this practice of putting Jesus at the center of our lives, it is not a neat, tidy process for any one of us. Right? We all have those days where we're like, okay, Jesus and I, we are right here together. We're doing it. I'm following him. It's going really well. And then the next thing you know, like somebody just kind of rubs you the wrong way, or you're irritated, or somebody hurts your feelings, or maybe somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're like, nope, I'm not going to act like Jesus in this situation. This situation doesn't deserve Christ like me. It's true, you know, but that is unhealthy spirituality. And actually, it's a very normal aspect of the Christian faith. We all have those moments where we're like, Jesus is not at the center of our lives. And the thing I love about him is that when we have those days, and those days sometimes turn into months, and those months turn into maybe even years of our lives where we are not following Jesus, we can circle back. And you know, he is right there waiting for us. He is right there to embrace us. And we can say, Jesus, I know I have not put you at the center of my life. And he allows us to come back in and he he wants to lead us and guide us.
And we're going to spend the rest of the day talking today about ways that we can do that. Um, And today's actually a really good day to talk about this because today is Palm Sunday. Um, And for hundreds and hundreds of years, people of Christian faith have been using this Sunday right before Easter as a way to celebrate Jesus, as a way to bring glory to him. And it's it's an exciting day. We're going to read a story today about some people um, that celebrated Jesus as the king of their lives. In fact, that's the main idea that we have today. Um, We can celebrate that Jesus is king of our lives. Now, king and royalty language isn't something that we use a lot today in modern language, um, unless, of course, you are following the passing of Queen Elizabeth and the upcoming coronation of King Charles. Um, It does happen to be a guilty pleasure of mine. I am seriously wondering, like, are Harry and Meghan going to be there? Um, So maybe we could talk about that, and I'd love to hear what you have to say. But the reality is we don't really use royalty language very much. But in this story today, um, king language was very common in Jesus' time. And it's important for the story that we're going to read today. In fact, the story we're going to read is typically called Jesus' Entry into Jerusalem or Jesus' Triumphant Entry into Jerusalem. And it's found in these four places of the New Testament. It's such an important story that all four books of the Bible that describe Jesus' life give us this story. Each one of the authors gives it from a little bit of a different angle. It depended on who they were writing the book for or if they knew Jesus personally. So I want to encourage you this week, please go read these four sections of the Bible. It's not going to take very long. um, And really begin to appreciate the different aspects that we learn about Jesus' life. If you're not sure where to start, start at Matthew. Matthew is the very first book in the second half of your Bible. um, And that's that's a great place to start. So um, let me just give you a little bit of background before we move into the story. Um, What we're about to read happened during the time of Passover. So Passover is a huge celebration in the Jewish faith. And at this time, there would have been thousands of people just like packing into the city of Jerusalem. And not only that, these thousands of people that were there celebrating, many of them would have been familiar with Jesus. Because Jesus at this point, he had been teaching and performing miracles for about three years. And so as Jesus came into Jerusalem, he was like a celebrity showing up to Passover. And Jesus is walking in with his closest friends and he says to two of them, go over there into that nearby town. I want you to go find me a donkey, a young donkey colt, and tell them I'll bring it back when I'm finished with it. I just want to borrow it. And so they did. They went and they got the donkey and they brought it back to Jesus. And it says that they put their garments on top of the donkey. And then he rode into Jerusalem on this donkey. And here's what it says. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along. They were praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. And they said, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. 
This right here is a beautiful moment of joy and celebration. These people, they were so excited and so grateful to see Jesus because they knew the miracles that he had been performing. They were inviting him in and celebrating him as their new king which is something that we can do today on Palm Sunday. We can joyfully celebrate Jesus as our new king. And here's the first way. We can acknowledge Jesus as the humble leader we need. So what does humble leadership look like for us today? I think as a society, in some ways, we are acclimating ourselves more towards people that want to gain more power and people that want to gain more control. And if we do some self-reflection, we might even realize there are areas of our lives where we want more power and we want more control. And you might be like, well, I'm not a dictator. No, I'm not saying that. But are there those areas of your life? Like, are you maybe a super controlling parent? Do you boss your spouse around? Do you boss around people at work? Or, I don't know, maybe you want to micromanage every detail. Those aspects of leadership are in stark contrast to what Jesus modeled for us here on earth. And I want to I be clear, powerful leadership can be a good thing. In fact, Jesus is a powerful leader. Jesus is the kind of leader who is bold and mighty and powerful. And he's also the type of leader who is tender and humble. Jesus cares deeply about the needs of everybody around him. Jesus modeled for us while he was here on earth good character. Jesus allowed people to thrive in their gifts and callings. Jesus cares about each one of us in this way. And as we, as, and as we looked at the story that we just read, um, it's interesting. Jesus really did model his type of leadership by riding into the city on a donkey. Um, Now, Jesus isn't saying, go out and rent a donkey and ride it to work or ride it to your home to to let people know that you're a humble leader. Although I do think that would be so fun. Like, can we just ride donkeys? I feel like we just get along a lot better. I don't know. I don't know much about donkeys. Maybe it would make things worse. But um, Jesus had a very specific reason for riding on this donkey. And the reason is because about hundreds and hundreds of years earlier, a prophet by the name of Zechariah in the Old Testament said these words. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet he is humble and he's riding on a donkey. He's riding on a donkey's colt. So back in that day, when a king, a conquering king would come into a town or come into a city, they would be riding in like a huge stallion and their army would be behind them. And they're like, I'm here to conquer and enslave and rule over these people. But as the people that were following Jesus into Jerusalem, as they saw him riding on a donkey, they were like, oh, this is the righteous, victorious, humble leader that we have been waiting for. We want Jesus to be the king of our lives. In fact, it says that they shouted out, Hosanna, which in the language of the day meant save us now. They were basically saying, Jesus, we love you. We believe in you, and we want to put you at the center of our lives. You are the humble king that we need. We want to welcome you in today. 
There are areas of our lives where we, want, we need and we should be welcoming Jesus in. This uh, last week, after listening to Pastor Jason's message last Sunday, I am humbly asking Jesus to help me sort out the busyness that I have allowed to become normalized in my life. He said, very specifically, he said, I wrote it down, living without limits is unsustainable. And I was like, yep, that's me. I understand what that means because because between working full time and working on my master's degree and then watching documentaries about the royal family, I, yeah, I have very little time for refreshment in my life and to spend good quality time with my family and my friends. And these areas um, that I have going on in my life, they're not necessarily bad areas, they're good things. But I need to ask Jesus to be the center of those parts of my life. Some of you are like, yep, that is me. I need balance. I'm losing control. Jesus, take the wheel. And then others of you are like, I have healthy spiritual, I have healthy balance. If you have healthy balance, God bless you. That is so amazing. I'm so happy for you. What area of your life is it, though, that you need to put Jesus at the center of? Are you that controlling parent that needs to step back and take a breath so that you can relax and so that your kids can relax and have, a, um, have some sweet memories of you? Maybe in your life, you need to ask Jesus to help you understand past hurts and traumas in your life so that you can move forward into wholeness and healthy spirituality. Pastor Alex talked about this a couple of weeks ago in the second message of the series. And if that describes you, go back and watch the message and then ask Jesus to help you navigate and understand the past hurts in your life. Some of you, you need to humbly ask Jesus to help you realize who he has created you to be. Because without a doubt, Jesus has created you to be unique and wonderful and there is only one you. And when you begin to realize who God created you to be, this is a movement towards healthy spirituality. And your friends and your family and your community needs you to be who God created you to be. So what is that area of your life that you're thinking about right now? Some of you are like, I need Jesus to literally lead every area of my life. I have never said, Jesus, will you please be king of my life because you can help control my life way better than I can on my own. And if that's, if that's you, you can in this moment say, Jesus, I need you. I believe in you. I want you to be the king of my life. You can do that today. What is it that you need to humbly ask Jesus to be the center of in your life? He is the humble leader that we need So let's go back to the story. Um, So we've already read the fact that Jesus is riding into Jerusalem on his donkey. And then we read this. As he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. Now, the fact that these people were laying down their clothes on a rocky, dirty mountain road that a donkey's hooves were going to step on is significant because in those days, people didn't have a lot of clothing options. Like the average person might have had four items of clothing. And so this means whatever that item was that they were laying down was their very best. 
And then we also read, um, it says, a large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and they went down to the road to meet him. They took these palm branches, and we learn later in the story that they laid the palm branches down at the feet of Jesus. So we have palm trees all over the South Bay, and they're more like decoration. But in Jesus's time, these palm trees had economic value. So every aspect of the tree had some use for it. Like the leaves were, were woven into mats and the fibers were used for thread. Um, the sap was used to make vinegar and oils and things like that. And the trunk was used for timber. I think after studying the palm tree, I was like, the palm tree is the best tree. These palm leaves that they were bringing, these were the best palm leaves. They weren't like those crumpled up dying leaves that we see like at the top of palm trees here in Southern California. They weren't the the palm leaves that had fallen to the ground because of an atmospheric river that had been inundating the land like it has us this year. These were the very best leaves. They were celebrating Jesus as their king. And they were giving Jesus their best, which is something we can do. We can give Jesus our best. In my, in my faith, I am really accustomed to giving Jesus those work on areas of my life. We all have them. I like to refer to them as the dumpster fire parts of our life. Um, this is my best friend, Kira. She drove here, or she flew here from Colorado. So she also gives her dumpster fire parts of her life. It's good to give those areas to Jesus with a friend. But the reality is we can celebrate the good things in our life. When I was writing this message, I was like, I need to just step back and be like, oh, I not only want to give God, my work on areas, I want to give him my very best. And we're going to get a chance um, this coming Friday to talk about those work on areas, those dumpster fire parts of our lives, because it is necessary that we give those things to God. It is necessary to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Jesus, restore my soul. But today on Palm Sunday, we are celebrating that Jesus is the humble king that we all need and we can give him our best. Here's an action step that I have for you this week. Focus on one good area of your life this week and put Jesus at the center of it. Has God blessed you with a good job? Are you putting Jesus at the center of that job? This week, can you experiment with when you're driving to work or when you turn on your laptop or whatever it is, can you say, oh, God, thank you so much for this good job. Jesus, I want to put you at the center of everything I do. Has God blessed you with good, meaningful friendships in your life and that you know if anything happened to you, those people would catch you if you fall? Can you put Jesus at the center of those relationships and say, thank you for these good friendships in my life. I'm so grateful. And Jesus, I want you to be at the center of every interaction that I have. And it would also be really cool if you said to those people in your life, thank you for being the type of friend that reminds me of the goodness of God. Are there areas of your life that you're like really good at? The talents and gifts that God has given you? Those are from God. He wants us to celebrate those things with him. They are meant for our enjoyment. And we can say, God, thank you so much for this gift. Thank you so much for this talent. I love it so much and I love you. I want you to be at the center of it. 
What is that thing for you this week that you're like, this it reminds me of the goodness of God? And you might be thinking like, I can't think of a good thing right now. And that's okay. You can, you can pray to God and ask him to help you discover that thing. We're going to have prayer teams at the end of both service, and we have prayer team online of people that want to pray with you and help you discover what God is doing in your life and what those good things are. You know, as I, uh, as I read this story of the people laying down their clothes at the feet of Jesus, I realized that these people had tremendous hope in Jesus. Because they didn't come to this procession heading into Jerusalem as perfect people with perfect lives. And they didn't pick up their cloak and go home as perfect people with perfect lives. They went home and they still had challenges in their relationships. They still had financial problems. They still got irritated and angry. But that did not stop them from laying down their very best at the feet of Jesus. They were full of hope. We can have that same hope in our lives. As I was thinking about this story, one Bible verse just kept come popping up into my head. Um, and it's written by the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote a lot of the books of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible. And Paul was the type of man who knew and understood the joy that comes from putting Jesus at the center of his life. And this is what he said. Thank God for all he has done. And fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let me tell you what will happen if you've put some focus in your life on the honorable, right, pure, good, excellent things in your life. A year from now, six months from now, probably even next week, you are going to realize that you are a better friend than you ever thought you could be. You are a better worker than you thought you ever could be. You will begin to realize who God has created you to be. And you will begin to recognize his presence in your life. And you know what? Your future self is going to thank you for putting Jesus at the center of your life. Let's talk, uh, let's, let's just over review what we talked about today. Um, we can celebrate that Jesus is king of our lives. The first way is to acknowledge Jesus as the humble leader we need. And the second way, give Jesus your best. We're going to close the service in, a, in just a moment. I'm going to ask the bands at Torrance and here at Manhattan Beach to come back out. And we're going to sing a song called Hosanna. And if you remember, Hosanna is what people were shouting as Jesus headed into Jerusalem. They were shouting this because they were acknowledging him as the leader that they wanted and needed. They were celebrating him. And the next couple of minutes is an opportunity for us to celebrate and acknowledge Jesus as the humble leader of our lives. So let me ask you to stand. Um, I'm going to pray for us and then we'll sing this song together in closing. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that you love us and that you are able to lead us well. Jesus, I pray for everyone in this room this morning, everybody watching online, that we would really this week, we would really focus on putting you at the center of 
all the good and wonderful things in our life. That is what you want us to do. Those things are gifts from you. Father, let us come to you uh, for making decisions and making choices in our lives. Jesus, we love you. We adore you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.